This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. At Likeable Media, we create, curate, and promote content that gets your brand results. So contact us today by visiting likeable.com. All the social ladies, 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 all the social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin. Now, Carrie Kirpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I am Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today is a big day. It's a big day because I'm having my special protege, Mallory Rosenbluth, on the show today. Mallory is the VP of Client Services at Likeable Media. Prior to joining the team, Mallory was a marketing consultant at Wegmans Food Markets, which if any of you have been there, you will understand why that's such a big deal. Mallory has held a variety of previous roles at Likeable, including my personal favorite, the Director of Small Buzzness, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mallory speaks all over the place. Her recent credentials include Social Media Week, NYU's Social Media Intensive Week, Digital Summits uh, in both Phoenix and Long Island, all, all over the place. And she was a 2011 recipient of the Social Media Society's Social Media Star Award and named a 2014 Rising Social Media Star by Schaefer Marketing Solutions. Is it any wonder that I love and adore her and I'm thrilled to have her on the show today. So welcome, Mallory. Thanks, Karen. Yay! Yay. Okay, I'm so happy to have you in the studio today. So tell me um, a little bit, I mean, of course, I know all about you, but our listeners don't. So tell us a little bit about the start of your career and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So as I think happens to most people at some point, though I think it happened for people that are older millennials faster is you studied something in college and then you graduated and it was completely useless. Mm -hmm. So for me, I originally wanted to be a writer and I wanted to get into magazines, which, you know, at this point I'd probably be unemployed or writing in a coffee shop if I stuck on that path. And so I focused on journalism and overall kind of marketing stuff. And when I graduated and, and got my first job at Wegmans, um, through a, a series of babysitting jobs and selling pizza coupons door to door for a, f- a few weeks, I, I, I took the gig and I saw the marketing space change almost as soon as my job started. So I was hired to essentially um, do branding work to market employment opportunities to people who had never heard of Wegmans before. So um, as you alluded to, if you've never heard of Wegmans, you're like, what is this? But once you've heard of it, you know it's the world's greatest supermarket. Um, it's based in in Rochester, New York, big Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse, but starting to expand across the Northeast. And when I got into the role, I, I sort of saw social media starting. I was on Facebook from when I was in college. um, And from there, it opened to the public in in 2007. And I was like, maybe our recruiters should think about being on social media to find new people. So I sort of dabbled into it as as a side interest. And I decided, you know, after a little over two years, I wanted to leave Rochester and move back where I'm from to the New York City area. 
and decided to to try and find an agency that would you know, focus on some of these new, cool, interesting, cutting-edge things. And I knew that I wanted to be somewhere small and less corporate and more fun. And um, I stumbled across a fabulous little agency (laughs) in Long Island called the K-Buzz. And there was a a very interesting job posting for a a buzz builder coordinator. (laughs) I had no idea what a buzz builder was. Would you like to tell the audience what a buzz builder was? A a buzz builder was a... Very, it was a very serious and very important <laughs> internship program where we had many, many interns working uh, for the KBuzz, and we needed somebody to help, you know, really rally them, hire them, get them coordinated. Coordinated. <laughs> we, we, we needed to coordinate the buzz. Yes. So, you know, I didn't want to do this, but I was like, eh, I'm going to apply it. I was the president of my sorority, so if I can, you know, manage a bunch of sorority girls, I could totally manage a bunch of interns. And you also thought this was a, a valid and legitimate correlation for a next step in my career, and, and you called me. Yes, and um, well, you also might want to you <laughs> might want to tell our listeners the famous because, email. Yeah, we have a lot of young listeners. I think that they could learn from this important story. Yes, yes. So, as most people in two thousand nine were faced with, the job market was not great. The economy was not great, and I was doing whatever I could to get noticed by hiring managers. And, you know, you send your resume into the black hole of the internet. And I was working at Wegmans on building an apply online system. So I knew all of the intricacies and all the ways to just get rid of resumes. So I knew I needed to stand out. So I subject lined the email, your next employee, which was just so obnoxious and bold and 24-year-old of me. And I was like, hey, here are three things you need to know about about me because you should hire me. So here are the three things. And it was basically like I was in sorority and I work for Wegmans and I don't even remember what it was. I'm really awesome. And then I just hit send. And moments later, I proofread because that's what I did at the time. And I noticed there were just typos everywhere and the email barely made sense. So I immediately respond back and go, here's the fourth thing about me that you didn't know. I'm not perfect, but I'm and I make mistakes. I'm real. I'm real. And I admit to them. And this absurdity, I think, started our love affair together. Because I remember (laughs) I was in the car. I will never forget. And I I mean, of course, we didn't have as many employees at the time. But I was in the car and I read this and I I was with Dave. And I turned to Dave and I said, I just found our next employee. She's very quirky. (laughs) And I think you'll think she's a little nutty. But I'm telling you, you're going to like her. Yes. So, okay, yes. So you you did recover. So the lesson from that is just to be real. Be real. Say that you made a mistake and and always be you. Like always just be who you are because people will either love it and accept you and hire you or – They'll hate it, and you shouldn't work for them anyway. Yes. So you better get the bad stuff out of the way early. But you didn't actually get that position. I did not. So I, I came down to New York to, to interview at this very interesting little <laughs> office. You were like between offices. We were in a, shop, we were in a shopping mall. It was a mall. shopping mall. It was, it was interesting, but I was like, this is where my career is going to start in New York, and I was so excited. And um, I wasn't right for the position. It was very clear that I – wanted to talk to you guys, but it wasn't the the right role for me. And 
Dave just said, go make everybody else, by the way, that had ever interviewed with you guys, had to put together like a social media strategy and yes. this big deck. Yes. And I just schmoozed. I knew that Dave was shaking hands with Justin Timberlake in a picture. And he was like, make yourself a Facebook page, get some fans. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk in a few weeks. I was like, wow, this is great. So I did. I made the Mallory Rose with Facebook fan page because they were fan pages back then. And it's it's inactive, but not deleted. It's, so it's, we we can pull up the archives. We should. We should. Yes. Send it, it out to all the listeners. I think there's like 110 fans on it. We're going to tweet it out when this goes live. Okay. Done. <laughs> Done, Joe. You heard <laughs> Follow it here. Up. Um, so I, I, I made my fan page. I posted a couple cute little videos. And just before Thanksgiving 2009, so... Five years ago, I sent an email and just said, I, I wish you and everyone at the KBuzz a happy Thanksgiving. I hope to talk to you before the end of the year. And I got an email back maybe 20 minutes later from Dave that said, you'll have a job offer on Monday. We've got a spot for you. And the rest is history. And so you started in 2009. How many employees were at the KBuzz then? Five full-time plus you and Dave. Okay. And so we've now grown to 40-plus employees. Right. And are any of the people who were there originally still there? I guess Michelle Weissman, a, a fellow social, a lady. fellow social lady, yes. um, a, fa- a fan favorite. She was part time at the time. She was still in college um, and working remotely at that time. But other than that, no. And so through the years, uh, we hired many yous. You know, many people who were <laughs> maybe you know a year out of college or two years out of college and just kind of finding their way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were able to really navigate through that growth and land yourself, you know, five years later, really at the top as the vice president of client services. Mm-hmm. So tell me what goes into that. How does that happen? I mean, I know from watching you how I think it happens, but I'm curious in your mind, what do you attribute to your success and growth at a company like this? You know, I was I was talking to somebody recently. Um, my job at, at Likeable has changed a little bit very recently and, and not a little bit, a lot of it, yeah. overseeing both of our um, account services as well as creative service. And I was on the phone prior to um, kind of taking over creative with a female creative director. And, you know, I was talking about the type of people that I would need, I think, on the team to support me. And I said, I'm like, I just want someone who above all wants themselves to be successful, wants the company to be successful, wants the clients to be successful, puts their nose down, works really hard and doesn't stop until the job is done really well and takes a lot of pride in in getting that done well and doesn't have the ego or this sense of entitlement of, well, I should be either making this much money or I should be working these hours or I should be getting these perks. And she said, it's just so rare that somebody says those things and that's willing to do what it sounds like you've done in your career. Um, so I think those are the things that have sort of set me apart. You, you've got this this balance, I think, in the agency world as well as in a startup environment where you attract a lot of young people because you can't necessarily right away pay right. what the big brands are paying. Right. Um, so you have to find people that find value and find success in something outside of maybe power, because if you're not at some big name agency, do you feel like you're not as cool or powerful as everybody else? And that don't necessarily see success as a direct correlation to how much you know money you close out the year with. Mm-hmm. You find success in accomplishment and you find success in praise and validation from the work that you're doing and those kinds of things. And you know, I think a lot of 
I hate to to generalize the millennials. You know, I'm very defensive yes, about the, yes, the millennial yes. culture, but I think a lot of millennials are sort of entitled. And you know, now that I'm I'm pushing thirty, I sound like the old geezer that's like, oh, these kids are just graduating college and they're coming in with these salaries that I would have never demanded and, you know, job titles that they want and responsibilities that they want when they haven't necessarily put in the the grunt work to kind of warrant that. And I think I was never afraid of, you know, staying until midnight if I needed to stay until midnight. And I was never afraid of, you know, saying, okay, what do I need to do to make your life easier as my boss, as the CEO of the company? How do I how do I help you? Because when you succeed, the company succeeds, and I know that I'll get my success in time. It sounds like what you're saying is that commitment is a big differentiator in terms of being committed to your own success, being mm-hmm. committed to the company where you are, being committed to um, just seeing something through and really seeing that happening. Do you do you see that as something that you look for when now you're hiring yeah. a bunch of people? Is that something that you look for? Yeah, you know. I never thought of a career as something that you bounced around mm-hmm. between um, my parents growing up. My my dad was self-employed until I was um, in high school. And, you know, he's always like, whenever I talk to him about, about my career, he's always like, Mal, you do good to the people who do good to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's first and foremost. And he thinks the world of you and Dave and how oh. great you are to us or to, to me. And, you know, it's that loyalty and commitment. Not just to yourself. Like, I think a lot of people think about their career as their career, and it's not necessarily about how successful a company is or a department or a team. And I think that's a really kind of icky way to look at it. And and because I started at Wegmans, which is a family company, right. they're so wonderful to their employees. And Wegmans, they stay forever, right? You they stay forever, yeah. <laughs> you, you, can, you, you know how old a person is at Wegmans because you add 16 to how many years they've worked at the company and oh you can figure God. out how old they are. I was, And yet I was embraced as, as part of that family. And I was, you know, living 300 plus miles from home. And, you know, my supervisor and the people on my team were much older than me and they'd bring in leftovers for me. And when I moved, they gave me chairs and a toaster oven. And, you know, I I think that at a, you know, young point in my career said that there's more to to a to a job and to a career than just how much money can I make and and what's the cool thing to be doing. And so, Mal, you've gone in your career from the new originally you were hired as director of small business, right? And so you helped sell in kind of our what is now our product that's likable local, I think, right? So you're working with small businesses, and then you you went on to do new business development for Likeable once we transitioned yep. um, from the KBS to Likeable. And then you went over to accounts. Yes. And now <laughs> you're working more on the creative side. Yes. Do you recommend change within your career within an organization, and, and how did you navigate through those changes? Like, did you just know? Was this something that happened organically? Were you ready for a change you know, for me as an individual, I always kind of use the, the my catchphrase is an anomaly in a predictable world because I think there's just, for me personally, I'm so many different things. I'm, you know, luxury brands, but I'm like my outfit I'm wearing, LC by Lauren Conrad that I bought at Kohl's on Black Friday. <laughs> oh. And, you know, I shop deals and I could look like a hipster one day and a, you know, posh person the next day. And I know that in myself, I've got a lot of different personalities that I like to kind of explore and play around with. And from a career perspective, I think being someplace that allows you to take risks and when you're, you know, speaking of commitment, when you're committed to a company, they're committed back to you and, you know, give you a chance to either 
soar or or fail, but at, at least have the opportunity to try. So I think early on I knew that a traditional sales role wasn't necessarily for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you know that that's true. And, you know, I, I just went with my passions, and I think ultimately I'm passionate about helping brands and businesses navigate social media and the digital landscape and finding ways within the organization that my skill set can help our team achieve that. And so I think that it sounds like the advice that you would offer then is to be unafraid to bring those types of things up when you're feeling stuck in your role. Yeah, be unafraid to to speak your mind, be unafraid to um, to just be yourself. Because if you're in a role that you don't love, you start to lose a little bit of who you are. And after a while, that's really draining. And what a lot of people do is just say, OK, well, I'm just going to find another job. And instead of having the harder conversation, which is I'm not really happy doing what I'm doing and I want to try something else, and I've thought a lot about it, and here are some things I think I could bring to the table. What do you think? And in terms of your own kind of growth, not just your career growth, but your personal growth, you have definitely experimented in the world of fashion and your look and all of these things. (laughs) And as I'm looking at you, I am looking at somebody who has led client service, which is typically a um, pretty... Conservative. Um, conservative mm-hmm. role, has now transitioned to creative and has the pink hair to prove it. <laughs> Talk to us about a little bit about the evolution of the hair. Yes. And would you recommend this for somebody in their career? You know, it's it's easy for me to say now at the um, at the comfort and trust level that I've built at Likeable with you, with Dave, with, with the team to say, oh, just go and do it and do whatever you want because – when I was at Wegmans, you know, I wore black pumps and black dress pants and, like, cardigans. Yep. I own none of those items anymore, but I dressed the part because I wanted to, you know, fit in, and I didn't want to create any any problems. I did always wear great shoes, um, and, but I was <laughs> known in the cafeteria. These women would always stare at me, and I was really self-conscious, and they finally came up to me. They're like, you always wear the best shoes. So they'd be a black pump, but there was always like maybe it was part patent leather, pat, part leopard. But I always stood out um, in, in a little way, but tried to minimize it. And I had always, always wanted to have pink hair in some variation. But I think, you know, my inexperience when I first started um, at the KBuzz and in sales, not knowing how people were going to perceive you and you really only have one chance to make a first impression and not necessarily having – the credibility at 25 years old to yep. do what I wanted to do, um, you know, I I was hesitant to do it. And when I moved out of sales, I really felt confident not only that the role would accept it, but that you trusted me enough to mm-hmm. let me take on a new role and that I, for the first time, was like, I'm doing what I really want to be doing in my career. So now is the time to bleach my hair and, and dye it bright pink and see what happens. And and I did it. So I, I think it has to be the right time for you because I think if I would have done it when I was younger, I would have felt partly like a poser, like yep. who am I and what am I trying to do? And yep. partly self-conscious all the time, like constantly worried that people were looking at me because of my hair. It's so interesting because, you know, in the creative role, mm-hmm. it's so totally – normal. Yeah. But when you first did your hair pink, you were in client service and going into new client meetings, just like you would have in in sales. And you Mm -hmm. just kind of owned it. I mean, I don't know if that, if you, did it make you feel more self-conscious when you were going into a first meeting or never? 
so if I if I was nervous and you can kind of tell based on who the client is and the, the organization, I I did a bun. The bun. I remember and the bun. I remember, you know, if I had only previously met, let's say, the main point of contact, yeah. but they were bringing in their CMO and people from other departments, I always asked our contact, hair up or hair down? And I remember one client said, girl, you let that pink hair fly and you do you and who cares about anybody else? And this was a, you know, historically more conservative brand. And that, for me, that might have been the last time I asked. Because it probably is what makes you different and memorable and all of those things. Yeah. And I'm not coming in with like... Like looking like I'm going to like a punk rock show or anything. Yep. I'm I'm always you know dressed appropriately. Yep. So. And so, Mel, when you when you're looking at your kind of personal brand and who you are, you have a blog. I know you haven't blogged in a while. It's a very long time. I'm hoping that when this episode airs, <laughs> we'll have a new blog. But you did have a blog called Punk Meets Pink, correct? Yes. And you are certainly very active in social media. Mm-hmm. Do you take pause at all uh, before you update in social? Because of your career, or are you so transparent that you update what you update and don't even think about it? I probably should take pause. Um, although now at, at this point, I'm a little boring. I'm, a, right. you know, I you grew up. I grew up. I grew up. Right. I I went from you know I started Punk Meets Pink when I was you know living with roommates in New York yep. and hated them. And oh, I remember that post. Yeah, that was a good post. Yeah, I just <laughs> uh, those back. monsters. Yes, um, and. I was single and I was, you know, maybe maybe a year out of a pretty nasty relationship and I was like, oh, I'm just going to be angsty and I'm just going to, you know, write really snarky and, you know, once I found my voice, I saw that it started to get some traction. I was like, ah, oh, this works. But that was, you know, three and a half, almost four years ago. You know, I'm I'm a vice president now. I wasn't at the time that I started my blog. The company's bigger. I'm speaking a lot more, so I know people are are finding me in other in other areas. And also just, you know, I'm I'm almost 30. I have a boyfriend. Those things, you know, I can't write about what I used to write about right. anymore. So I think just inherently and organically my voice and tone has changed because Grown my life you. has changed. Yeah. So, but you know, in the past, I, I'm sure there are some tweets that you and Dave probably saw and went, oh, man. Oh, I do remember Yeah, those there tweets, was, yes. there were, you know, there were a handful um, of them. But you guys were great and, and let me be me. And I, uh, I edited when I needed to edit. So for some of our younger listeners, do you recommend some editing if you had to go back and do it again? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I yeah. do. You know, um, just because, you know, to quote the social network, the the internet's written in ink, yep. you know, and you yep. can't go back and erase it. And if if nothing else, it's just like when you find your old diary and you just you're reading it and you're by yourself, but you're blushing yep. and you're like hiding under the blankets because you're like, I can't believe I said that. And now Time Hop shows me all of those awesome things that I tweeted three plus years ago. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, even for me, who, you know, was never around when so <laughs> was not young when yeah. social media was around. In other words, I didn't have it in college or anything. I look back and I'm like, what was I writing out of here? Yeah. Well, thank God there was no Twitter when I was in college or Instagram. The pictures that I would have shared and even the photo albums, those didn't start until I think the beginning of my senior year of college. So, you know, a lot of that stuff is is hidden and and squashed down. But, you know, when you're in your 20s and you live in New York, it's like, it's a different, right? Yeah. It's a different world. And so in thinking about social media, you've been doing this a long time now. Yeah. If you have to take a step back, mm-hmm. how has social changed since you started working in the industry? You know, I, I think it's it's an interesting evolution because when it first started, and I've 
been on Facebook, like I sent the email requesting access for my college, you know, like a lot of people I'm sure listening. And it was all about people, 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 right? And just connecting. I remember I uploaded my class schedule on there and I remember there was a really cute boy in one of my communication classes. So I clicked on the class and you know, got the full roster and then my friends invited him to my blind date party for sorority. And like, that's how we used Facebook back then. And then brands came on and it, you know, was this mix, but brands were were in your feed. And I think, I think now it's kind of found a happy medium yep. where it's about good content and good stories, whether it's from your favorite brands or from your favorite people. And I think, you know, a year ago, two years ago, it was a little too, the brand stuff wasn't really working for social it was really forced and um, but the whole like oh it's just a community and it's just people also doesn't really work so I feel like right now not just on Facebook but the networks have kind of they're mature too right they're not you know tweeting stupid things at at two in the morning they've kind of found their groove and, and understand that they need to grow up and be a business and make money but they also need to provide value and not swing too far in either direction. Awesome. And so do you see for the future in terms of what we're looking at, do you see more of that, more networks needing to monetize? And They have to monetize, mm-hmm. I think, if they're going to be around for any substantial amount of time and be successful. You know, if they want to be more than just a couple guys, you know, that think this is really cool, they need to monetize, but they can't go so far into that realm that they lose the fact that without people, they're nothing. And so if you had to offer, I know you gave some great advice for our career-oriented listeners. If you had to offer for any of brands that are looking to get into social or just in social now, what should they be doing? What's the first step? I think the first step should be experimenting. And I think that that goes with people that are career-minded also. Try things. And social media is great for brands that are just starting out because you can try things without – losing the time, the money, the resources, and putting yourself at a, as in as much risk if you were to do a TV spot or if you were to do a big print campaign. You know, you can try a post, see if it works, see if people gravitate towards it. And if that doesn't work, well, then say, okay, well, that type of content doesn't work. Let's shift and try something a little bit different. Hear from people, listen, be really open, and don't go in thinking that your brand guidelines are going to just be copied and pasted onto your social feed, and that it's going to work. And Mal, where should people follow you if they want to find you? Twitter, at Mallory Rose. At Mallory Rose. Yes. Follow Mallory Rose. Mallory Rose is fabulous and wonderful, and um, they follow her on Twitter. And <laughs> if she, I guess she's not blogging that much anymore because she's no longer so much If you have thing. any fun blog topic ideas or want to guest write for me, Please do. I continue to get a lot of traffic, and there has been nothing new up there at and all. I, so. And I think you should go back and read the old posts because they're really <laughs> quite—they're quite pleasant. And if quite you're a fun. fan of the Kardashians, you might not want to read. The yes, posts, that's true. But. She's not a Kardashian <laughs> fan, exactly. All right, Mal. Thanks for being on today. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to all the social ladies with Carrie Kerpen, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter at Carrie Kerpen. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likable.com. This podcast was brought to you by Likable Media. At Likable Media, we create, curate, and promote content that gets your brand results. Visit likable.com for more information today.